finally here. Welcome to Do It With Dan. Entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hello, Lubna. Hi, Dan. <laughs> that was tame. I don't like it. I'm going to try again. Try it again. Hello, Lubna. Hi, Dan. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. How are you doing, my love? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm amazed. Thank you. Very, very good. All the better for speaking to you. I have to start with something, though. I, I, I have to start with saying that I need you back in my life after this. This, this is not the end because there's so much happening in your world right now. We've got workshops happening. Uh, we've got more speaking engagements. I, I need to be updated with you. I'm sure every conversation is going to be as magical as this one we're creating now. Can I have your permission to promise the listeners today that after they've been wowed and won over by you and your magic today, that you're going to come back again later in the year and tell us what you've been up to? Absolutely, Dan. Absolutely. Good. I hope you weren't laughing because you were crossing your fingers. No. I can't <laughs> I'll, you know, only if you only if I can come out to London and see you. I'm, I'm not going to be here, probably. I don't, I, think, I, I don't think I'm going to be in London at all for the rest of the year. Right, you're doing your global, global tour, right? We've got stuff happening. <laughs> we're, we're, obviously, we're catching up with you in New York. I'm going to be in the States for most of the summer. Middle East, uh, we've got Asia on the cards. Um, I, I don't actually think I'm going to be back in London until next February. New York birthday, next February. Next Feb okay yeah, maybe well maybe. We'll, have to, that... we'll have to do a global tour then we'll have to just do it global <laughs> do it global but <laughs> it's fun it's fun it's fun but you are quite the slice of magic i know i've used magic on more than one occasion in some conversation that's because it's what you are you are you speak like five six languages right uh yeah i speak six different languages at different varying degrees six different how does how does one even get there in a world where most people speak one or two at best how do you get to a place where like did you wake up and it was, you were like do you know what i need to just i need more languages, did, did you <laughs> languages? What happened? Like, well you know when you like to talk a lot you got to find ex ways excuses of ways to do it in many different ways <laughs> it's like you went to different countries and you were like i can't talk to you i don't like this yeah. I, need well, more languages. <laughs> I grew up um my parents are from pakistan i grew up in yep. I grew up in the United States, so yeah. that was my first language. Urdu was my first language. Got you. And then, of course, I learned English. Um, yeah. And then when I went to middle school, I went to a private middle school, and all the cool girls, which were happened to also be blonde hair, blue-eyed, were taking French, and that started uh -huh. at 12, and I asked my parents, I wanted to take French, and because I wanted to be cool, because I was so not cool, um, by the way I looked you and the way so cool. I, well, yeah. then I wasn't because I, you know, I, know you I was brown and everyone that was cool was white and how it was back then. And yeah. so I wanted desperately to fit in and my parents didn't let me take French. They made me take Spanish, which I'm so grateful for now. Uh, yeah. So uh, I learned Spanish that way. And then I studied Italian and French and Portuguese in, um, in college and a little bit of Arabic and then. Uh, um, yeah, so that's basically how I picked up all those different languages. But I love languages because I love connecting yeah. with people. Of course. I love connecting with of people. Course. Of course. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. 
I'm not interested really in taking up, up our listeners' time with content that they'll get at one of your really inspiring keynotes. By the way, um, if you aren't working on getting some of that spoken word content of yours out, we're going to do that. Even if I have to come and video camera you myself and get that content out, we need some audio because people need to really hear what you're sharing when you're doing these keynotes. Um, I'm not sure if your workshop will have passed by the time that we've put this up. But what I'm going to do is if we can get it up before, we're going to put some information uh, there for people to come connect with you in New York. But your stories are so multi-layered. And um, I, I want to bring you back to specifically on. I'm going to bring you specifically back to a part of the beyond intention paradigm, which is on the concept of listening, because that really fits in with how you talk about biofeedback and listening to your body. Um, and I really feel like your story uniquely positions you to delve into the power of silence and listening. Um, so I'm going to come back to that. But there's a couple of areas in relation to your work specifically that I'd like to kind of delve into as a precursor. Number one, so that I can understand a bit better. I've actually been holding off. I knew that I wanted you on the show. <laughs> okay. Because I, I actually had this, this show has been like in pre-Genesis for so long. Even when we met up in Mexico, I, I had it in my head to do this. It's only that I've pulled my finger out and done it now. But I kind of, as I found out more about you, I knew that there was stuff that I wanted to know about. At the same time, I'm like, mm, I want to have a really organic conversation with my audience there asking about that. So that I want to ask about. Number one is core energetics, because I've done a little bit of research, but I want you to kind of walk me through it and walk our listeners through it. And I also really love your branding, Real, R-E-A-L. And I really want you to, to have the opportunity to, to talk the listeners through what Real is, what it means, and how they can maybe start applying those principles in areas of their life. Um, so which one would you like to attack first, my love? Core energetics? Or Let's talk about core energetics. Let's do it. So core energetics is, it's spelled C-O-R-E, energetics. And it's basically yep. a evolutionary healing process. So we don't even call it therapy. Uh, and it's mind, body, and spirit. And what we do is we work with all three parts. And when a client comes to me in my practice, and I have a full practice in New York City, they'll come with, you know, some of the traditional things that people have issues with relationship, career, family, um, you know, things sometimes as serious as this really it's very much dimensional, kind of what I person like a, people would go to for a therapist sex i have sexual yeah. abuse rape you know all different things that i help yeah. clients with the difference is that instead of just talking about it which then keeps the the solution or the the looking at the problem at a conscious level we do mm -hmm. things with the body um, movements with the body different positions um different role play to actually let the emotions, and that's one of the parts of real, which I'll get into, the energy that is stuck in the body through emotions that have been held um, to move out through the body. And that is, takes, takes place at the subconscious level. So, for example, okay. if you grew up in a family that you were not allowed to express anger, which okay. many of us have, <laughs> um, or yeah. express grief or sadness. Well, that's an... Of course. If you look at a toddler or a little child, when they're angry, you take their toy away, they immediately are going to cry and throw a tantrum and then they move mm -hmm. through it. As adults, we're taught yeah. it's not okay. 
as young yeah. children even, it's not okay to cry. It's not okay to get angry. And what happens with that energy that's supposed to be in motion? I say emotions are meant to be E-motion, energy in motion. They get stuck in yeah. the body. And they actually cause musculature energetic blocks in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is not a new philosophy. You have, you have Chinese medicine working with chi. You have Ayurvedic medicine yeah. working with prana. It's a, it's, it's a healing healing through energy movement. And so that's what we do. So we'll not only talk about it. So Dan, if you came to me and said, I'm, you know, I'm really pissed off because I'm working with this, this person and, you know, I just, he's one of my clients and I'm, he's just being horrible, but I can't say anything to him because it's going to be detrimental to the relationship. I'll say, okay, well, what would you want to say? And you might want to say all kinds of things that you're going to have to bleep out on this podcast. So I won't say them. So oh, it's okay. This is actually this is actually okay. explicit. Uh, well, explicitly for my for my about. brand, I'm not going to say them. <laughs> so you might want to say all these different things that are really nasty about the person. But of course, you're not going to say it to yeah. the person because it's. But yet, the energy exists within you, and you might want to like punch the guy. So we will actually. I'll mm-hmm. say, okay, then get up, say what you want to say, yeah. pretend he's standing here, and here's a punching bag, and here's or here's a foam cube. We use a foam cube. And move that energy yeah. through your body. And every single time, people will feel lighter because they've now moved that energy instead of holding on to it. And as we know, mm. quantum physics says that all disease is a lowering of frequency in your energy field. And if you're holding on to these lower frequency emotions and p- pushing them down, suppressing them in your body, it can cause disease. Disease. And that's part of what I talk about when I talk about my healing a breast cancer holistically and without chemo radiation and surgery is the emotions that I was holding on to that were helping to manifest that in my body. So does that answer your question about core? I am fully on board with the core. In fact, I'm so inspired that we're actually going to add core energetics to the um, clearing tools encyclopedia on uh, stepping beyond detention. And you're going to write that section. Awesome. So uh, we're going to talk about that. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about that offline, but I, I want I want to actually involve that. Um, I'm actually just doing the last redraft of the book at the moment, just taking on some case studies and stuff. So I'm probably going to tap into you to put something about core energetics mm. in there because I think the physical thing, I think one of the things that people get stuck on um, when they're in a stuck state and they're looking for a tool to help them work through it, I think sometimes we forget the physical thing. So... Some people might find that um, EFT works for them, and some people won't find that EFT works exactly. for them either because the energy, the trapped energy is so deep in them that they can't get it out, or that's just not their vibe. They're more of a kinetic, moving person. So, for example, someone that's into dance will probably benefit more from using core energetics as a clearing tool to get through a stuck state rather than someone that might just, you know, meditation in and of itself might work for someone. Absolutely. So I think that's really, really good. Um, it's great that this isn't just about, because I think one of the things as well that people sometimes find in my experience, especially I've been interviewing people and talking to people over the course of developing the Beyond Intention paradigm is that sometimes people belittle their situation, either by putting their head in the sand because they're so much, you know, hippie, puffy fluff, positive thinking, oh, everything's going to be okay but they're not actually making anything okay. They're just kind of locking it in. Yeah, I call or, that a spiritual, we call that a spiritual bypass in core energetics. Yes, 
I love it. I love it. Spiritual well, I think the danger is, I'm just going to interrupt you for a second or add to what you're saying, no, is that a lot of, you know, spiritual teachers, which they're fantastic, I think a lot of it can be misunderstood that way in that yeah. the, the emotions and the body and what is really a part of the human experience can kind of become demonized and that it's mm -hmm. not okay to, to get angry because now I'm a spiritual person. Well, I'm sorry, that just doesn't, it just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. <laughs> we have emotions in our body. The, I think the difference is knowing that that is a part of it, Ex learning a healthy way to express and release them, which doesn't mean taking it out on the person who necessarily is triggering it in within you, um, and to be able to, mm -hmm. to, to own those different parts of yourself and know that that is all part of the personality, all part of the human spectrum. And but isn't it the most important thing to, to allow it and not wallow in it? Because it, um, emotions don't last that long, right? They come in waves and the actual real emotion itself, isn't it the science says like no more than 90 seconds? I was just going to say 90 yeah. seconds. Yeah, it doesn't last yeah. more than 90 seconds. If, if so you fully go into it, sitting. if you fully yeah. go into it. And the thing is, most people don't go fully into it. They'll cry a tear or two tears. And then mm -hmm. if you really fully go into it, if you really fully express it, it, it does not last longer than 90 seconds. That's what the science says. Yeah. But everything after that then is you wallowing in it or um, one thing that really came, came up interestingly in another um, recording that we did, another episode that we recorded, was that actually fighting it actually contributes to perpetuation of it and the chemical releases associated with it in your body. So trying to fight the anger or trying to fight the sadness instead of just witnessing it, observing it and not getting in, not attaching to it, but experiencing it, but not experiencing it where you're saying, oh, this is me now, like attaching it to your personality is is what ends up making it last longer and then you end up having the the backlash of it whether it's again lower energy vibrations caught in your body and expressing itself in illness or just quality of life in the moment just becoming a bit more crap because you're sitting and wallowing in this emotion that really didn't have to be there that long if you just let it be well whatever you resist persists right it's an it's exactly. inclusive universe exactly. so if we say we don't want something that's exactly what we get <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Talk to, yeah. <laughs> talk to you. Oh, no. The other thing I was going to say, the other thing is sometimes people see something and they don't give it enough value. So, for example, um, I talked to a dear friend, nothing to do with the, with the show, but there was a very, very, what she called a kind of low-grade experience that happened. But as she started working with it, she actually realised that what she'd underestimated as being sort of a nothing experience that happened when she was younger had ended up underpinning the way she approached 50, 60, 70% of her life situations later down the line. Mm -hmm. So uh, one thing that I think that I would admonish definitely our listeners and, and anyone else who's looking at anything that's sitting in their body, don't think, oh, you know, this is only a small issue. I don't have to deal with it. I can handle it by myself or, you know, give it a spiritual bypass, deal with it. Because any one of those small things can end up either growing or, or being, you know, quote unquote, a cancer that just ends up taking over and causing problems later, right? Absolutely. It, it's kind of like um, when you have a child and you don't listen to them and they mm -hmm. their voice will get louder and louder and they'll try to get your attention louder and louder. It kind of becomes like <laughs> a tantrum. Well, that's yeah. what happens when we when we leave those small things that are disease in our body. It can grow bigger and bigger, whether on a physical level or a mental or emotional level. It can get bigger and bigger. And that's why 
and we'll talk about the uh, the word real. Um, it really, for me, the healing that I did was healing on physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual levels because we are holistic beings. And so yeah. just doing the physical, just having a tumor removed wasn't going to cut it. And I, and I knew that. Mm. That's amazing. That's amazing. Let's talk about real. Get real with me. Okay. So real, there's a little bit of a history for the word real for me because I started a cosmetics company um, back in the day, a long time ago, before there was a lot of multicultural brands at all. Actually, there was pretty much none. Um, I started a brand called Real Cosmetics, uh, yeah. real beauty, real women images, not retouched, all skin tones, all hair types, all sizes. And it was really based on my own experience of not fitting in, not finding shades when I was modeling for my skin tone and not really yeah. seeing myself reflected. And I saw that women of all shades, including Caucasian women, um, yeah. didn't really have a, a reflection. And, and that affected, of course, self-esteem. And um, mm -hmm. so that's what I did. And so the brand was called Real Cosmetics. And yeah. uh, actually, it's still online. We're not selling actively anymore because I got into... Instead of selling lipsticks, now I'm selling healing. <laughs> Lots of money. Healing. It's a little bit more valuable uh, to people. Yeah. Uh, but I think at some point somebody will will take the name and the concept and and fly with it, whoever that right person is. But so real. When I started to think about my healing and and starting to talk about it, I was like, oh well, actually the word real is exactly what I did, and I created an acronym, which yeah. basically is R reconnect. Yep. E, E-motion, which I mentioned earlier, A, yep. attitude, and L, love. And really those cover everything um, because yeah. the reconnect is the spiritual part. Yeah. And the, the emotion is obviously the emotional part. And then the attitude is like how we think. It's the mental part. The yep. L is the physical, like the physical love of ourselves. Of course, love is much bigger than just physical, but um, yeah. And that's what I talk about when I, when, I, when I speak publicly to people. It's really how do you, how do you not just for healing cancer, this is really mm -hmm. about living a, a happier life, to be able to reconnect to that part in you that is, I call the real self. People call it the soul, spirit, whatever you want to call it. I call it the real self. And it's the part of us that is eternal, that is infinite. And that place within me, when I connected to that place, which our intuition is, of course, the direct conversation with that place within us, yeah. um, all the answers on how to heal and what to do and what not to do came. My intuition told me to be more afraid of the chemo than the cancer. Mm. And I was afraid of the chemo and the cancer. And to come to find out later that if I had done the chemo, the poison of the of the chemo, the toxins that are in it, combined with a gene mutation at the time that I didn't even know I had, would have probably killed me. Mm. And that was all following my intuition, Dan, step by step, meditation by meditation. And you were part of that process. You saw me at some of those workshops. Yeah, I did. Um, you know, and I didn't I have there. the answer. I was there when you got the uh, when you got the all clear as well. We celebrated. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, without surgery without radiation or without chemo that's like i think sometimes i forget how not normal quote unquote that is in the world of dude of i call medicine. you magic all the time 
why do under i call you magic all <laughs> the time right that's very because sweet of you magic. yeah i guess it is magic you know what it is when you're in it though when you're in it and you're doing it mm -hmm. you can't even think of it as magic it's just i was just trusting i was mm. trusting the reconnect part of the r it's like trusting myself and trusting that there is something whatever you call it it doesn't matter my family calls this energetic spiritual source allah some people yep. call it kali some people call it the universe some people call it jesus some people call it yep. quantum fields it doesn't yep. matter right it's one of my favorite quotes from wayne dyer is he says it's it's the essence of the thing that matters right it's the essence it's mm -hmm. what it gives you the water will get you wet even if you call it something else yeah. And I think we get so tied up sometimes in in the meaning that we've associated. Right. With and it's really like, so. so I connected to this divine place. I call it all kinds of things, the quantum field, you know, the work we've yep. done together. It's the field. Yep. It's divine. It's source. It's spirit. But it has a voice and it has a presence. And that voice came through to me so loudly and clearly on the day, a couple of days before I was going to get a chest port surgery. And, it, and this voice said to me, so clearly in my meditation um this is this is not why i'm here you're missing the whole point cancel the surgery yeah. and i was like what the hell is this like yeah and i followed it and i canceled that surgery and subsequently i canceled two other surgeries that doctors recommended and slowly by reconnecting to my real self i went on this journey so that's the r that place i think is the foundation and the most powerful um, the most powerful place that we need to be able to have a spiritual foundation or something that is greater than our physical human self. I mean, I'm totally with you on the whole um, different angles. I actually, um, did I write an article about this? I think I did write, write an article about this on my Medium page uh, about the, what I call the purple brick theory, which um, is basically my attitude to the whole concept of religion, which is that uh, religions need a god but a god doesn't need a religion mm -hmm. and when you look at if you strip away cultural differences if you strip away human intervention for manipulated purposes if you strip away uh, regional languages and take everything back to its core we're all pretty much looking at the same thing uh, from a different angle absolutely whether you know even when people start saying oh but some religions are monotheistic and some are polytheistic actually pretty much every polytheistic religion at its core has a central element or a source element of which its polytheistic elements are a manifestation of absolutely so yep. Hinduism, you've got the universe um in uh, if you go back to ancient sumeria you had um you had the most high anu in um uh, in native american culture they've got the great spirit um it's it's all there's always a an omnipresent omniscient omnipotent source that everything flows from right um and when you take that to to when you take that division away and allow people to just say okay scrubbing that off i know that there's something bigger science now they're calling it quantum physics right they're saying okay we're, we're going to study this and call it quantum physics <laughs> but there is a, there is something greater than us that we can connect to and draw from and be empowered by in this real way to make changes in our lives, whether it is magically um, uh, removing cancer from our reality, whether it's more loving relationships, 
whether it's just more joy on a day-to-day basis, whether it's the strength to go out and live our purpose or um, to be a better parent or, or spouse or, or sibling and stuff. And I think that's really, really powerful. Um, and I just want to admonish you, please don't, don't forget how magic you are, man. Like you are, <laughs> you're an inspiration. And I, I really, I, I, I wanted your story to come out organically in the conversation. I didn't want to lead with that. Um, I wanted to, it to just flow from the work that you're doing because one of the things I love about you is you don't allow it to define you anymore. Um, and I, I, I sincerely believe that it's that the non-definition of yourself in line with the disease that your body had is part and parcel of the reason why you've been so magical in removing it from your reality. I really believe that that probably was on some level had already happened. And that's why you're authentically able to in such a short period of time as well, because some people do heal themselves holistically, but it takes a lot longer and they have to go through, you know, some crazy hurdles to get there. But comparatively, I mean, there's been, obviously we've spoken, there's been areas that, you know, you needed to reconnect to and, and rebalance after the fact, but the creation of this health in you, I think is something that people really need to look to as an inspiration um, that anything in their life that they're, that they're stuck with, that they're stuck on, that they're fighting, that there is a way through if they really just, A, reconnect to the power that they have to do it. Um, it's important that they accept and acknowledge their power. Um, definitely look at the emotional element of it because, like you said, that energy and motion, energy is such a powerful force and we can sometimes stop being aware of what it's doing in our body. Um, but definitely, definitely, definitely really, really, really glad that you've taken the time to, to come and share with us today because um, it's a really empowering story, a really inspiring story. And I, I really do hope that at least one person, even if one person comes away from listening to this episode and goes and does some of their own magic, I'll be a very, very happy person. <laughs> so you. will I. Thank you so much, Dan. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Global Food Girls. I need to... <laughs> 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 Global food girls. Yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> because you were on a mission to like. That's a good comp. Like, that's a good concept still. It, uh, but so, you were on a mission to like run around the world and just like consume. Well, I'm still going to do that, but I'll be doing workshops at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I want I want to add something in because as you were speaking, you know, just yeah. to to round out the the one thing that's really important besides the, the reconnect and the emotion is really the mental part. And that's what I call attitude. And that's what you're talking about. And I remember when I was healing in the beginning, of course I was shocked and freaked out just like anyone is who gets a yeah. light and the type of diagnosis I had, let's just, I just want to say for the listeners is second stage, uh, triple negative breast cancer, which they consider to be the most aggressive kind that spreads the fastest. And so of course the Western medical doctors, well-meaning as they are, go by what they're trained in, which is this is what you do and this is how you do it. And if you don't do this, everything else will kill you. Yeah. So I was, um, I had a lot of a nocebo effect going on that was basically saying, you're not doing the chemo, you're going to, you're going to, it's going to spread. But I remember thinking to myself, it's just cancer. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, I just said, it's just cancer. And I'm, and, and making jokes about it and I'm stronger than this. And, I actually felt and acted and was and believed that I was healthy before it happened. And I already envisioned, Dan, 
and I had already done a book cover of my book, which was my story of how I'd healed cancer holistically. Um, and I had already done that book cover while, yeah. while, the, while the lymph nodes were growing in my body. Yeah. And the doctors are saying, your lymph nodes are growing, it's going to spread. And, and my mind was on, who's going to write the forward for my book? <laughs> I love that. And I was already doing the, the talk I did in New York last week. I already was doing that talk and I already was doing the global workshops with a thousand people in them. I was already doing that and I was living in that place and I was living in that reality, that future mm -hmm. while my body was, was going through the cancer because that's just three dimensional reality, right? That's just the physical. And as we know from the placebo effect and yeah. the body is going to respond to the mind. So keeping yes, that attitude positive and I can go into this for hours <laughs> giving you the short and clearing the mental junk food, which means not looking on WebMD and every single thing that they say negative about triple breast cancer. In fact, I didn't hardly do any research. Good, good. Um, and keeping a team of people around you who believed in you. And that's what made it lonely, actually, because very few people could get over their own fear because mm -hmm. they love me. And try to infect and, your and, with and, them, right? Yeah, and support me. So it was really lonely because there were very few people that I could actually talk to and and that would fully support the way I was healing. So, you know, the attitude is, is I think, vital, vital, yeah. vital. Good. So definitely it's a mental, mental state, understanding mental state to be almost the entry and exit point for your reality. So your inputs are coming into your mental state, right? And they're being processed. And then you're making decisions and choices about what you observe. And that's what becomes your reality. In your instance, you had a check, you had, real checks and balances on what you allowed into your space with the people that you and then you were aware of what you were constantly uh, consciously creating in terms of a vision of what you were determined to see in your reality right and then it's played out you are putting out an amazing book that's going to inspire millions of people you are doing these workshops all over the world um and taking really cool shots i'm jealous of because i couldn't be there in the sun um, <laughs> i love it and, and you are changing lives um, day to day in your practice, um, people that come into your workshops and hopefully, you know, at least one person from this, this episode as well. And that's really powerful. I love that. Absolutely. I love that. At what point in your experience would you say that you really surrendered to it? Was there like a moment, um, uh, a key moment when you're like, okay, I'm just going to have to just go with this now. Was, was there one of those moments or would you say that, there was like a, a progressive movement into surrender for you. It was a progressive movement into surrender for sure. Mm. Um, I think the moment when I actually, when my body healed was when I let go of the attachment to the timing, because as soon as I was, as long as I was attached to this, the hardest thing for me to do. And you know me, Dan, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I, yeah. you know, when I stopped asking the question of my traditional Chinese medicine, because one of the, one of the physical parts that I did in this yeah. was uh, traditional Chinese medicine. Um, yeah. and, and my doctor, he's a Taoist master from two lineages. So he's the kind of man who will say, oh, yeah, you have heat in your body. And I'm like, but they say I have cancer. He's like, well, we don't diagnose it as cancer. We call it heat because the minute you name something, you tie into the energetic morphic field of it. And cancer yeah. has a negative energetic morphic field. Every thought that people have thought of it, all the fear is kind of when you say the word, you can feel it, right? So he said, you have yeah. heat in your body, and, but 
he was just calm all the time. It was like, you have cancer, you know, you have heat. And I'm like, yay. And then when, it, when he's like, it's gone, he had the same, like, completely blissful. Rose in. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm bouncing up and down. And I'm always asking him, like, so is it gone? Is it almost gone? When will it be gone? When do you think it'll be gone? How will it be gone? What date will it be gone? And when I finally yeah. let that story go, when I finally realized that everything is happening now and that yes. there is no time in the long, as long as I'm connected to the timeline, then I'm in the three-dimensional reality and my body cannot get to the other place. Mm -hmm. it was, it's such a mind, it's, it like really messes with your mind, right? Because... Yeah, I, I, heard, I, heard that, I heard that brand awareness thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you heard the brand, brand awareness. Um, so, yeah, when I let go, that's when I surrendered. When I finally said, it doesn't matter when this happens. You just know that it is going to happen. That it is going to happen. Because in many ways, if you're so if you're obsessed with when it's going to happen, it's almost like a deep seated doubt, right? Well, because when you exactly when you got confidence, you don't have to worry about when it's going to happen. You just let it go. Well, if I'm yeah. saying when is it going to happen, then I'm not in the mind frame of it has already happened. And one Ooh. of my favorite quotes from Einstein is, "No problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it." Ooh. Give it to him. No problem can him. be solved from the Give same level of consciousness that created it. <laughs> so if I'm saying when, then I'm in the conscious, the problem consciousness. Yeah, that's powerful. That's really. Yeah, powerful. I figured it out really late in the game, though. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a big one for you. I've got a big one yeah. for you. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna pre. I'm gonna ask you something else first. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, might have to edit that one out. Um, no, let's leave it. Let's leave it. Let's be real. Let's right? be real. Um, let's be real. Do you feel that your? Would you consider the work you're doing now your purpose, or would you say that you're still feeding out your purpose, and this is just what you're doing now? Have you sat and thought about that before? Oh, well, that's a great question. So I, I realized, and this is what really helped me get through the healing in the way that I did. I realized somewhere in the beginning when I was counting out pills, because at one point I was taking 80 natural supplements a day. Wow. And I remember being in my other New York City apartment, which was very different than this one. Right now I'm looking at a view from the 31st floor of the Hudson yeah. River. I'm very jealous of Well, you. you'll see it when blah, you come blah, to New blah. York. Blah, blah. <laughs> but when I was living, when I had the cancer consciousness, mm -hmm. that was a different me. And you, it was reflected in the type of apartment I lived in. Nothing wrong with that apartment. Loved that apartment. It was like a cocoon, but I was looking at a fire escape with a building right behind it. No light, completely dark. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was, when I was in that consciousness and I was counting out those pills, I just had this intuitive this intuitive hit and I actually got a vision that like I asked for this I came here I came here to teach this I came here to go through this experience yeah so that I could teach it and one of my energy healers around the time that I got that that intuitive hit said to me you realize you're going through this not for yourself but also to teach it and and I hadn't said that to her she just picked that up so in knowing that I was able to go through it with a different level of consciousness and which is why I started writing. And part of my healing was actually that voice I heard in the meditation that said, this is not why I'm here. Yep. You're missing the whole point. Cancel the surgery. I realized wait, this must be the voice of cancer. So I did one of the things I asked my clients to do, which is like write to the pain. 
yep. and have it right back to you. So I wrote part of my book, and we'll see where it ends up being edited to, is a dialogue with cancer. And I'm writing to cancer, and, and, and it's writing back, and I'm telling it to get the hell out of my body, and it's saying I'm here for a reason. And, you know, because I believe mm-hmm. disease comes for you. It's a messenger, and it's here for you, and it doesn't happen to you. And that's why, you know, as I'm working on my website, one of the things I just came up with yesterday is um, I'm not a breast cancer survivor because I think the word survivor has a connotation of battle and has a connotation yeah. of some things happening to you and a victim and I survived this war. I'm using breast cancer aliver because it made me more alive than mm. ever before. So it's almost a, a love affair that you had in order to give birth to these experiences that you've been able to use to empower other people, right? Well, I had to have a love affair with myself. I had to, I had to learn to love myself, to mm-hmm. put myself first, to yeah. le- learn how to care for myself, to connect. I mean, this has been the best thing that's ever happened for me. Mm. Cancer is the best thing that happened for me. You know, you say that to someone and I say it in, I see, and I say it in front of audiences and, and I get like a, Really petrified, <laughs> blank stare. Yeah, it's like, like what, this is a what, crazy what woman. Exactly, <laughs> but it really is. And I think you, you, I think that that, if we look at it that way, if we look at from the real self place, if we look at why something is happening for us, which is the real self, which is the infinite place, which is the eternal soul seal, sees that, versus the human self that it's happening to me, and I'm a victim of day to day circumstances. It completely shifts your perspective. It completely shifts your perspective to why is it happening for me and what is the gift here? And I am a completely different person. I'm a completely different person than the person who manifests and people that manifested cancer. And people say, aren't you scared it's going to come back? And I, that's the part of the attitude. Like I have no fear that it'll come back because the, the consciousness that created it is no longer here. So how could it? Mm-hmm. And you say this to someone who's Western medically trained or... I have an uncle who's a pharmacist and he never believed in what I was doing and he still thinks, you know, I, I've shown him the results that the cancer's gone and he, and he you know, he doesn't believe it and he, he's, you know, he says to me. Even though he's got it in front of you, you give it to him black and white. And it's yeah, and he says, you know, and he has an accent, right, he's a Pakistani accent, he says, you know, bete, which means daughter, bete, you should still do the chemo, you should still do the chemo <laughs> just in case to be safe, you know, and so it's like. But it's love. It's coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of love. All of it's, you know, the doctors, the doctors at Mount Sinai, um, Mm -hmm. the ones that I I used to call Mount Sinai, I felt so bad after I left there and so fearful when I was about to go in there because I felt great and I would go in there and they would make me feel like I was going to die if I didn't do chemo that I started mm-hmm. calling it PMS, like post Mount Sinai, because I yep. would just have like, <laughs> it would be that painful. Um, but yeah. they were well-meaning too. They were, yeah. it's just, we're, med- Western medicine is based on Newtonian physics. It's like, if there's something yeah. wrong with the body, you like take out that part. Yeah, of course. It's not really, it doesn't think in the quantum model. And it doesn't, it's not that it's, yeah. But it doesn't work for a lot of people, right? Um, I mean, I think it's important to, to say, you know, we're not bashing western medicine we're just saying that there is another way i um, yeah i think that that it's so great that you brought that up and i all, yeah. i always bring that up there first of all whether you do chemo or not is a personal choice and hey if i had been diagnosed with fourth stage i might have been jumped right into chemo yeah, yeah yeah um and it's a personal choice and the bottom line is 
it works for some people and um, it's only the physical part anyway of the mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, you still got to do the other work if you really That's what I was going to say. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you're working the chemo, because I remember I watched, um, I watched a documentary, Heal. And, oh, um, yeah, amazing documentary. Do you remember that the woman that she, she was doing the chemo? Yep. And she didn't yep. want to. And she was like, she had like a 50% raw diet, did yoga and ran every day. She was like quintessentially like a health pot and she still got cancer. And she's like, I don't like, she doesn't smoke. She doesn't like work in a toxic dump she like works in like a spiritual shop and stuff and she's still got the cancer and for her that's what it kind of ties back to what you're saying about the different levels and the different things we've got to deal with because for her she had to throw in the other things she had to do the therapy and work out um the other elements of it right because like you said chemo yeah but it's just one part it's just and one if part yeah aren't, if people aren't taking care of the rest of it then they're, they're, they're almost, you're almost um, selling yourself short, right? Not taking advantage of these other tools, these other strategies that are available for you to, to get back into homeostasis. Well, I think, I think one, of my, one of my favorite quotes is, is Rumi, and he says, the wound is the place where the light enters you. And I think that's what we're really talking wait, about wait, here. Wait, wait, wait. A poet can say it. A poet down. can say it in one sentence. Okay, I can't wait, wait. say. <laughs> I, need, I need to write it down. Wait, 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 wait. I'm serious. Stop. One second, because that was amazing. Okay, get your pen, Dan. Yes. You ready? Yes. The wound is the place is the where the light enters you. The wound is the place where the light enters you. That's beautiful. And that's Rumi, one of my favorite poets. Rumi's about that life though, right? Rumi's amazing. So, you know, for me, breast cancer was my wound and it was the place where the light entered me at a deeper level than ever before. And we all have our own wounds. It doesn't have to be a disease. It could be the death of a loved one unexpectedly. It could be a painful event. It can be the loss of um, a, you know, a job. It could be anything. And if we look at it from the for me place, why is this happening for me? That's when the light can enter. That's when we can grow. One thing I love as well is how your principles really, really tie into the acceptance stage of the beyond intention paradigm. And everything that we've been speaking here really goes to that as well. Um, and that's that you cannot go through life aware of your power but still make excuses when things happen and you say that they're happening to you and not for you, right? Because once you're aware of the power that you have to create your reality, then you have no choice but to accept that everything that's happened in your reality has been of your creation. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, I have, I have clients that they, I say to them, I'm like, okay, listen, you either believe it or you don't. You can't believe yeah. it when it's good. And then when something bad happens, it happened to you. And they, yeah. a lot of times they don't like it, but they still come back. Of course. <laughs> because at some point they, because, because the thing is the flip side to that is if I've created everything to now, I can create everything from now. Right. Absolutely. Um, uh, I think that's just a, and I love how you've given us a living example as well of another stage. We've pretty much, you've actually, you've actually done, you've done it. Beyond intention, you've done it. Because you've got acceptance here. You've got clearing in, in the form of 
getting rid of these things that are blocking us getting to where we want to go. You've got complete and utter gratitude for everything that's happened, including something as crazy as cancer. And of course, you've got the feedback of your work with silence, which is one thing I want to touch on, just your how silence ties into what you're doing, because I'm, I'm consciously aware of the fact that you've got another appointment uh, and I've taken a lot of your time today. Um, but yeah, that's silence, because you, you, you speak about silence and listening to your body and listening to feedback for what's happening in, in, in your body. Can you just touch on that and how that work, how that feeds into um, both real core energetics and perhaps even your own experience as well? Well, I think when we can get silent, which sometimes is very challenging to do in New York City, um, <laughs> that's when the intuitive voice can actually come in. That's when you can hear that voice. Mm. And one thing I did uh, to get a a large period of silence during my healing was I did a 10 day silent meditation retreat, the Vipassana meditation. And that was extremely healing for me for 10 days and no talking and no listening to anyone. I mean, they, they do um, lectures, but you're not speaking at all. And then there's 10 hours of silent meditation a day, complete silence, not even music, Dan, like complete silence. And you're just focusing on the sensations of your body. I think to me, I mean, I've done a lot of different meditations. It's probably the most powerful form of meditation I've done. It takes quite a bit, like you have to be trained in that 10 day, but it is a very powerful method and cl- very clean. Like you don't need devices and you don't need music. And it's just like, you could do it anywhere. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, this is the meditation that the Buddha practiced, Vipassana. This is what he cool. practiced to reach enlightenment. So um, silence in any way that that we can get it is is vital and i think we keep ourselves in a lot of times in this western world society like there is no silence there's like seventy five thousand different apps you have to look at and there's television and there's (laughs) podcast there's podcasts like do it with dan you know (laughs) you know there's like there's never any silence and it and then it gives us no chance to connect with our real self our 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 inner being our real self i love that yeah i love that and i love you Thank you. I love you sharing. too. Um, I actually, I think I might even, I may even post this next week because I think people need to hear this. Great. Post away. Um, yeah. I think we need to get this out. Um, news, uh, your workshop dates, please. Dates your workshop. Sure. In New, York. New York City, June 3rd, which is a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday June 3rd, 2018. And yeah. it's going to be in, uh, in the Chelsea area of New York City, a full day workshop. And um, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to go through the R-E-A-L, Reconnect, Emotion, oh, Attitude, yeah. and Love. Yeah. And we're going to do exper- core energetics techniques and meditations and experientials and education. It's going to be awesome. Wicked. Um, people can connect with you on what platforms? I know you're on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Instagram at Lubna Real. Yep. And you don't tweet that much, do you? I have to start. You have to start. And you need to follow me back. I feel really lonely, like... I on which like on Twitter or Instagram? Yeah, Twitter. My Instagram is going back on. Uh, I'm 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 going to stunt, so I'm probably gonna, even going to put it on. I'm I'm probably going to be at Monaco Grand Prix next weekend after next. Okay. Going to put it on for that. If not, then when I'm well, in I'm trying to stay in the silence, Dan. You want me on every social media platform? <laughs> I'll give you every Everyone needs to hear what you have to say. Get out there. Get out there. But we're going to put the links to it underneath in the description. Okay. We're going to also put a link to people being able to find out more information about you and your workshops. 
thank you so much for my, your time today love and light um thank you catch up with you anyway and thank you for sharing thank you, thank you for, for listening um to do it with dan catch us next sunday uh where we're going to have another beautiful inspiring person to uh give you some tools strategies and inspiration to living life on your terms and dreaming with your eyes open bye-bye